1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack, customized eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, Earth Pack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week, episode two, Late Night Lar, the high school 
years. Take two. Take two. Booyah. Welcome back, y'all. You guys have been asking for more episodes about us, so here we go. <laughs> so wait, high school now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so just quick recap, eighth grade, kind of like, you know, on serving sport, Quicksilver, um, you know, um, doing, you know, all the contests that summer going into high school, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I was working a lot with my dad earning some money. I think I was just, I, I was over the paper out, you know, we talk about paper out first jobs and stuff. So I was trying to figure out like when I was making some money, I think, uh, paper out was probably over by eighth grade, you know, sure. wasn't cool or wasn't making money working for my dad over the summer a little bit, learning some, you know, finished cabinetry, just a little of everything for sure. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like I don't recall like that summer was the next summer where I went to, um, the East coast for the U S championships. Mm. And I want to say it was my freshman year. Because me and Dan Horgan, my dad chaperoned and took us over there and had a good year. You know, I just remember, I think I was at the top of like the boys or juniors. So it was, I think the 15 and under, like, you know, uh, age group. And I, I felt like I had a, a good, um, good year and was fired up to do well. But who would have known, you know, Sebastian Inlet was going to be like a half a foot. <laughs> But not even that, like we go and we warm up for a couple days, we get there and it's small. I mean, it's Florida, it's small, summertime. Yeah. And What boards are you riding then? I want to say uh, A39s. Okay. So this is like early serving sport, they got me hooked up, uh, I started riding A39s, uh, Saku. And... A Saku Murata. Yes. And a little background on him... He was kind of under the early of Bob Hurley. Yeah, right? he was okay. under Bob. He was uh, doing a lot of Bob sh- uh, finish shapes and stuff. Okay. Uh, IPD at the time, yeah. International Pro Designs. Yeah. Um, and I think Dan Horgan had a board, you know, and I'm like, oh, that looks killer, you know, and that felt good. And Yeah. And Horgan was partially responsible for you getting on mm-hmm. HSS? Yeah, for okay. sure. Like, he kind of was the one that introduced me, you know to Chris Sines and Darren Bradley and Yogi yeah. and, you know, who Robbie Jeffers was working there. Yeah. Um, 15th Street. 15th Street, yeah. yeah. Before Main Street was built. For sure, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Riverside. yep. And, I mean, there's a bunch of shops, you know, uh, as we talked about on the show, like on Main Street and stuff, but like, you know. HSS was like. HSS, the, you had, you know, Casey Wheat riding for him, Bobby Lockhart riding for him, like. Who? Um, <laughs> Bobby the Lockhart. Bobby the Lockhart. Um, and uh, that just, you know, if it just seemed like if you it was were, a it was an amazing team. It was a prestigious team for yeah. sure. And if you were the guys that were doing the contests and travel, you know, like it just seemed like the right fit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Keenan, Scott Farnsworth, all of the yeah, uh, Clisby, uh, Clisby, yeah, Bud Long. Um, yeah, so I mean, super depth, you yeah. know. And at that time, it, Craig Blacksloff. Yeah. yeah, we didn't, we, you know, we didn't uh, bring up his name earlier. But yeah, when when I was riding for Quicksilver, he was the like Billabong guy that we spoke about, and he was kind of 
a little bit, you know, he, he wasn't part of the tribe really, you know, like yeah. he would show up and hang out and do the contests and, and he, him like the Deffenbaugh's, he just, he matured really young, you know, as far as stature and, you know, yeah. power and style. Probably and, lied about his age. Probably. You know? <laughs> I think for sure he, uh, he, he lied about getting into some of those events. He surfed down his age. He did. And Wait he a did. minute, I'm not 18. And he was so... <laughs> Good. We would just laugh like, wait, what? What, what age group is he in? Like, yeah. But I mean, he would he blow everybody out, and no matter what division, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, surfing <clears throat> sport, you know, Asaku. And did, did you have to show whoever your portfolio? No, no, I don't. I don't even think so. Yeah. I think it was at that time. It was like, yeah, yeah. The 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 you know people knew you know in the air you know Huntington yeah, like the hoppers. He just got pulled in. Yeah. Okay. For sure. And what was do you remember like what HSS would do for you? Like what? Just stickers and like clothes, you know, yeah. same thing. I was really stoked on their um, logo. They had like, you know, great graphics and cross surfboards. Cross, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, the shop was rad. They had the sandwich shop. Um, Honey pot or something like that. Yeah. It was like inside r- it. Yeah. Right next. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Terry. Next door. I think her name was Terry. I, I could vaguely remember. Yeah. That wasn't really my my jam. I was usually at Wimpy's or like you know yeah. <laughs> Sugar Shack or yeah. you know somewhere and um and and let's let's talk about the Sugar Shack yeah because yeah, I I mean we that kind of gets not overshadowed but it needs to be brought to attention on how much they did to the community yeah know, they gave back to the community and us kids Michelle Turner Michelle Turner mom of you know Timmy and Ryan um, and Holly but uh, you know she didn't serve um, but. They those boys were a little younger than me, Ryan and, and Timmy, mm-hmm. and but yeah, she took like all of us under her wing. And you know? she was there like way before everything. Yeah, I mean they've been there Which, forever. Yeah, as long as, even before you you kind of realized they were there, right? For sure, the Sugar Shack's been around since. Yeah, I mean when you're a little kid, you're kind of just. You know, you're you're not on your own. You're eating at home in your friends' houses. Yeah. You know, and then when you become kind of a you know a teenager and you're independent and got a little freedom and you're hanging out more at you know out yeah. and about than at home, you gotta yeah. you gotta figure so, out how to survive. Um, <laughs> the Sugar Shack is like a Americana diner on Main Street. Yes, and every Grom that lived in Huntington, past, present, future. I mean. That's one of the fixtures in yeah, I, Huntington Beach. I don't want to say... We recommend it to anybody that ever comes to Huntington to make sure and stop by. Yeah, support local Yeah, support local establishment. Great breakfast food. They even you know have a, a good lunch menu and an occasional like dinner menu. That, so getting sponsored by Michelle yeah, and Sugar so, Shack. How did, how'd that go about? I don't know if it was something that was kind of through the Dwyer Surf team Ooh. or if it was just, you know, like... I don't even recall, but I just remember going in there like a lot and, yeah. you know, paying with change, change and dollars yeah. and stuff. And I think it was just Michelle just said, hey, you know, um, we want to give you like, you know, some meals during the week. You know, I think it was like you get one a week or five meals a week or, you know, there, and there was a chart where you come in and sign. Um, it was like a, a calendar. Yeah. You know, and you would come and sign on the day you came in and yeah. got food. I mean, how freaking amazing is that? Well, yeah. I you mean, know, like, because you, a lot of these kids that are Groms, you know, back then, Huntington wasn't, you know, 
a desirable like it wasn't suburbia yet. No, right? it was pretty not ghetto, but like you know, definitely. It was off the beaten path compared to some of the other, like, I mean, yeah, you beach boulevard straight down, but, you know, from the freeway and getting down there, it wasn't, yeah. you know, as sought after. There was But a she's lot of supporting, like, a bunch of kids, yeah. latchkey kids, really, yeah. right? Like, parents that are single, single family or single parent families. And yeah. I mean, she, yeah, <clears throat> she just, she saw the kids that were, I mean, Obviously, good kids. I don't think she was really serving, you know, up kids that were, you know, like yeah. good good part of the community. Kids yeah. that were there surfing every day, you know. I mean, it's a small town and small Main Street, and everybody that goes in the waters come in there. Yeah. So it's like the word gets around if you know you're acting up or you know, sh- you know, shit's happening. Like yeah. people know, and uh, yeah, she took care of a bunch of us kids, and it was, I mean, it was a saving grace for sure because yeah. you know, we're, again, like living on, you know parents food but at that time you're you're kind of out and about yeah and it's like another cool thing about being a good surfer yes right being a good athlete like and... i was sponsored by a restaurant <laughs> at like 13 years 14 years old like that what do you yeah. mean like you know getting free food like that was crazy another thing to brag about with your friends yeah right i mean up until that you know my free food was not free i had to go polish all the robert august boards with pledge and <laughs> scrape wax off and george would go buy me a you know surf shop special for, or surfer special for jans yeah yeah <laughs> but um but yeah i mean that those you know that eighth grade you know summer you know going into summer i think just Things were progressing so fast. The equipment, the the, yeah. the the quality of our abilities, not just myself, but you know who we're surfing with, and yeah. you know high school. Looking at high school, and I was around it a lot at junior high because I had a brother that was in surf team all four years, yeah. and all of his he friends went all the time. Yeah, we were yeah. there. It was kind of like it wasn't going to be new. It was just like I'm now you know part of it yeah. because in junior high it's not you know you're you're showing up and hanging yeah. out and you know trying to be a part of it but yeah you're not yeah <laughs> and now you're in high school and you're part of it yeah yeah and who talk about Huntington Beach high school surf team who was a surf coach then so eighth grade Andy Verdone I was in eighth uh 88 I think it was um he Chuck Allen exited Andy Verdone came in and, and so the and first year that Verdone was there I I wasn't even in high school it was a year before I came okay. into high school and he, uh, I mean, up until then, like, you know, Chuck Allen was so well respected and had so much involvement in, in, you know, just building the surf team and his involvement in SSA and everything. I mean, yeah, he was, he was just amazing in so many ways, but I wasn't really like a part of that, you know, yeah. I was kind of too young. And uh, I remember, you know, they would do a high school surf team, like K38 trip. You know, before anything was there on the bluff and they would, you know, I'm talking like 60, 70 kids, you know, families would go down there and, you know, have a surf RV camp and firework war. I was just like, this is wild, you know, but it was loose back then. And that was cool. So fun, though. That didn't happen for Verdome. Yeah. No, no, no way. Yeah. But uh, he came in and it was, you know, who is this guy? Nobody knew who he was. He was kind of a newbie. He was a football dude, you know, background jock. Yeah. Big you know, burly, like yeah. intimidating guy. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of filled in like, Hey, I have big shoes to fill. Um, Chuck Allen already had the kind of, you know, calisthenic, like warm up and the run and pure swim to check in. But it just got intensified when, when 
Verdone came Andy in. Verdone came yeah. in. He brought the athletics of, of football or whatever into I think that was a surf class. Surf. Yeah, yeah, where he fell short, he excelled in bringing in some of that other, you know, kind yeah. of regiment, you know, and, and he was intense and he was serious. Yeah. You know, he was a really serious, intense view, like, <laughs> especially when you're a little kid, you know, he's yeah. like, but um, he was awesome. I mean, we, you know, we had a really strong team at that time. Um, I think, you know, prior years before me getting in high school was kind of like the golden years with like it. And then, you know, with the Deaf and Bob brothers and myself and there was just so many good surfers yeah. on our team. Uh, Huntington Beach High School back then was dominating yes. the way San Clemente dominates now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. For like 10 years in a row, most yeah. likely. Right. Yeah. That Huntington Beach High School was the number one high school. Yeah. In California in the in the in the US. Right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, going into high school and and getting, you know, you're you know, it's all new. You're on that that crazy like big school structure like, you know, like all these old, you know, big big school, 4,000 yeah. kids or something crazy. 3500, yeah. I don't know. And to be part of surf team and already had, you know, and we talk about the age you know associations with like other sports and it's really tight with ages and surfing it's kind of like a broader gap with uh, who you're surrounded by so i went into high school and i was i didn't feel like a you know a little rookie freshman like i already felt comfortable with like i knew guys in every other grade and i was already hanging out with uh the older guys already you know kind of you know with having an older brother and and being associated with his group of friends i just gravitated towards you know a lot of the older guys anyways yeah you know and did you ha- did you guys have to try out to get on the team uh, yes yeah yeah Te- you know technically officially yeah they had they had like kind of a workout workouts and stuff. and stuff but i mean it was pretty clear cut on like who was gonna yeah. make it on for the most part i think it was a 12 man um 12 man one one boogie border one long border one girl Okay. I think that was the kind of roster or something and like that. Each grade had a... No, there was a varsity, and I I don't even think they had a JV team. Maybe they did. They just didn't compete. It was only varsity that, like, hmm. competed. Like, the wow. A team. Yeah. So, 12... Guys. All 12 guys. And yeah. it didn't matter what, what grade you were in. No. Okay. So, there was an age division. Nope. It was Just not, one not open grade. division. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's how it was... That's how competition ran yeah. with other schools. Yeah, and that's the same with other um, sports in, in school, too. You know, like, typically, it's yeah. really, really hard to get on uh, varsity as a freshman or even a sophomore. You know, it's kind of held for that more experienced, bigger yeah. kids and stuff. But did, did you do any other sports? Not in high school. Like, yeah. up until then, you know, we talked about it briefly about, yeah. I did. Soccer, baseball. Yeah, I tried it all. I was really into basketball, and I think I played the city league up through eighth grade because it was a short season, and it was yeah. kind of like a you know f- two or three months, and we played every day after school when it was shitty anyways. Just yeah. you know, it was fun, Car- good cardio and challenging. But uh, yeah, I played you know Pop Warner two seasons. I think that was sixth, seventh, seventh, eighth. But I didn't really everything else. Just I think by eighth grade, everything was outside of basketball for a short you know season. Like it was just surf a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Just I based on you know, a lot of factors. I mean, I, I was excelling in surfing, but I wasn't growing like a lot of the other. Yeah. I was kind of a late bloomer. So 
I mean, everything started kind of just dropping off. Like, wow, I'm not, you know, there's no way I could play that. And that that, that was kind of basketball, too. I was like, yeah. I love this game, but there's no way I'm going to be able to. Well, surfing took over. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you're a ninth grader. Yeah, ninth grader. Um, and the season get... starts, like, pretty, you know, pretty quick right away. It's a fall season for uh, surfing. And I was, uh, I was on the team as a freshman. And, and you got to compete right got away. Got to compete right away. Yeah. Are you sure, dude? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I got rookie of the year that year uh, oh, as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't recall how I did in the events. Um, I do recall Mike Schumuller, Shuey, uh, was uh, one of the judges at a lot of those events. We talked to him, interviewed him, and yeah. that was his little side, one of his little side hustles. Is, NSSAs or, or uh, school? The school contest. Okay. Yeah, because it was in, in the mornings and, you know, they pretty much from like, you know, seven to ten, or six. You know, six thirty, nine thirty, or something like. Yeah. That. It was just a morning gig. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was fun. Like we competed uh, locally. We'd go up to South Bay. We'd go down, you know, Salt Creek and you know other areas when you you know for the CIF uh, season. Yeah. Um, and a lot of you know at that point, a lot of the other kids, the best kids in those other schools, you kind of already knew from NSSA too. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what's. That's what's great about doing those contests is, you know, you're, you grew up in a little town and then that's your bubble. And then, you know, you start doing contests even when you're young and you start seeing names and people yeah. like on, you know, every other weekend or, you know, every month. And you're like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, so yeah. that was a cool way to like. So when you're in ninth grade and you're at the dominant high school, right? Yeah. You guys are winning every, every comp. Who, who's uh, like the, the most intense rival like which school, school and what um, and what surfers do you remember i mean i think i think um encinitas because i think rob you know they, were, they didn't have a a team as depth you know with like caliber as ours uh -huh. but they had you know a couple of really standouts. like standouts yeah. for sure um i just remember like encinitas um and Rob. And Rob, for sure. Are you and Rob the same age? Uh, he's a year, year and a half older, I think. Okay. Yeah, but, per, you know, we're like maybe... But you'd see him at, at comps. Yeah. High school comps. Yeah. Okay. He was, uh, I think he was two grades older than me, but, you know, age and birth dates and the way it fell, and I was kind of a, you know, a, a birthday that I was, I was pretty much 18 my whole senior year okay you know i turned 18 right at the beginning of the year which is you know kind of old you know but it was just the way things unraveled yeah you know? yeah so but freshman year was i mean high school competition i mean just being able to roll into school later yeah. having more surf time in the morning everything was like a, a plus yeah but um the glory years yeah and, and by then i was not really doing any other contests except NSSA Open and Explore and then the high school team. Yeah. You know, because those were kind of the, you know, the three, you know, most impactful, you know. And we've talked about the differences, but what are the differences between Explorer and Open? So Explore, you're, you're at a six-man format and the age groups are a little more condensed, you know, like mini hoonie or boys and juniors and men, you know, it's kind of like a smaller grouping. Um, open, it's four man format and 
I think it's 12 and under is boys. So it's not a money hitting that they call that boys and juniors was 13 to 15. And then 16 and up was just open mints. Mm. So not as many divisions, definitely like you're competing against the, the best of the best, but also like a larger like grouping. So, you know, 13 going into like, let's say open season, you know, yeah. uh, juniors, you know, you're definitely like getting whooped, Yeah, you know, unless you, you know, you could shine here and there, but when you get to those older groups and then kind of resets, it's like almost in every sport, you, you get to the kind of top of your bracket and then you have to jump next year into yeah. like a bigger pool. Yeah. It's a trip how they devise that two tier, two, yeah. two contest format system. And I didn't do any of the NSSAs as a mini huni of boys. I think I started off in that 13 to 15 juniors like yeah. range, like that sixth or seventh eighth grade you know kind of yeah up until then it was local wsa ccsas and all of that but you know nssa was like so going back when you're doing the the i'm not gonna say lower level but the not as prestigious because yeah. nssa even up till today is really the most prestigious amateur contest series right yeah and and again like you kind of only know what you know and you get those pamphlets at the front of the store yeah. and the counter and yeah a lot of the NSSAs, and we spoke about it, is like there wasn't many in Huntington. There was like one a year or something yeah. like that. All the rest were travel, and it's really hard to, as a kid, you got to find a parent or your parents or somebody to get yeah. to and from where WSA, CCSA, CBA, those were like once a month at your home break from yeah. Golden West to the peak somewhere. You yeah. know, and those were easy to get to and, you know, a lot less expensive. But so uh, were your sponsors like telling you, hey, you need to start doing these contests the NSSAs or I mean by the time I got on Quicksilver I was already doing well in the boys you know opens like you know that 13 to 15 bracket and stuff I was yeah. already kind of excelling yeah. and had a name and doing well and I, I mean Explore was kind of more of a training it really was not I, I didn't even care as much about performing in Explorer just thought about it as this is extra heats and extra workouts yeah. it was open 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 mints so you know our boys or you know juniors yeah. or so you focused on the open divisions. that was it yeah and high school same thing like you wanted to perform because it's a team and it's your high school is prestigious and you know that has a lot of pressure so you yeah. wanted to do well there but who who dan horgan would be the guy and d ball yeah those are the guys you would travel up and down the coast with yeah don't dan did quite a bit of the contest the d-balls for sure um and you know had craig etchie going so they you know like we you know you just started finding out like who's going and you know who's who could trade off and you know different parents or older brothers or somebody yeah. you know would get you to get you to the contest you know and and uh that's when you start meeting you know, friend or, you know, kids that rip, you're like, oh, who are these, you know, Malloy brothers, you know, yeah. oh, they're in Ventura, you know, like Joe Curran, oh, that's Tom Curran's little brother, or, you know, like Greg Browning, you know, or yeah. like Kieran Horn and Homer Hinard and Julian Sagan and all these guys, you know, and they're up in Santa Cruz and then San Diego, same thing, like, you know, Pat Moss, the Struther brothers, I mean, I'm just bringing names up that like were really good competitors and yeah. they were like, you know, dominating. I was just, just behind... You know, the Pat O'Connells and, the, you know, like Machado. the Defabal Machados, the, the Taylor, not all of that. Those guys were just like a year or two or three, like above me, depending. Yeah. And I didn't really compete against them that much. Yeah. Debaugh for sure. Like, you know, he's a year older. 
Um, and we we did have we did, I was looking back through some of those like contests. I'm like, oh yeah, look, Debo first, me second or third. Oh look, Debo first, me second or third. Go figure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there was, and, and that's when you start you know seeing guys consistently at all the contests, and, yeah. and those are the guys that are always in quarter semis finals. So, at at that age, you know, we we played Metallica at the beginning of this yeah. thing because you know. We, we want to talk about, you know, trends and cultures and, and whatever we were into back then, right? Yes. So, so you're ninth grade, what, you know, you're riding for Quicksilver. Yes. What, uh... What are we wearing? Yeah. Fuck. Baggy out of <clears throat> pants with belts, you know? Um, so you were into baggy pants. I wasn't into it. That, that was kind of like... Trend. That was... There wasn't many other options. It yeah. wasn't like... <laughs> there was... Pretty baggy jeans. A lot of jeans, for sure. Um, QSD? Yeah. <laughs> Generation X? Saltwater denim? No, that, I don't even think that was around yet. No? I don't know. Maybe it was coming on, but it was like... They had Gen X, which is their like, kind of more straight, uh, street skate, kind of urban, you know, huh. versus... Yeah, look it up. I think it was Gen X stuff. And, they, you know, anyways. But yeah, I, you're just surf turkey to out you know yeah. t-shirts and, and hoodies and, and what was your music of choice shit man i i know you talked about this before it came on i i i love yeah you know metallica for sure you know um you know rush and like you know a lot of classic rock i love the 80s like kind of depeche mode and reggae i i don't know a little yeah. of everything yeah and then uh, you know kind of towards those like later years like early 90s i mean like those then the hip-hop started coming in you know pretty big you know yeah. that's when tupac blew up and biggie and that was really popular and but yeah i think i was just i didn't really identify as i mean beastie boys a lot i mean there was Red so, Hot Chili so, Peppers. so much good music there, there. yeah that's what i mean there was all these different genres and I just remember listening to KNAC, which was like the metal station, yeah. and KRQ, K KRQ, K Rock, which was kind of like, you know, the top twenty, you know, or fifty, like new wave, new wave, yeah, everything, yeah. But um, so were you starting to go to parties and partying, bro? You know what? I not really. Huh. I mean, I was kind of a not a goody tissue, but I was just so focused, focused, and that's where surfing kind of kept me out of trouble a lot. Especially in those like early years, yeah. You know, you're, you're starting to see it, yeah. And, and there's starting to be like high school parties for sure, right? And Huntington probably had a lot of high school parties. Yes, there was. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and those are, I would say my freshman and junior, you know, freshman and sophomore year until junior. I, I mean, I didn't really party, go to you know, occasional like house party and stuff, but not really. Yeah. I was just. And your brother wasn't, he's pretty mellow. No, he was super mellow. He was working full time, going to college, you know, full time. He was a hustler, like just, you know, clean, straight and narrow, you know? Yeah. He was, he always had a, a, a job. I think he was working at uh, Captain Jack's, which is another establishment that. Wow. So he worked at Wimpy's, which are, so I'm bringing up iconic, like, yeah. restaurants as we grew up. And, you know, Wimpy's was the burger joint, you know, with the chili cheese fries and the shakes. And that was like the, that, that was. I think that was the up. first time I ever heard of an Oreo shake. Yep. And banana, um, and chocolate, peanut butter. peanut butter. They had all kinds of like, yeah. you know, unique shakes. Wimpy's. Someone's got to bring that back. All right. And um, so we had a bunch of friends that worked there and, you know, you'd scrap enough money on the, 
on the beach for the summertime to go get like a chili cheese fries and a couldn't even afford a burger. Like chili cheese fries were somehow that and the shake <laughs> sounded better than a burger. Like that was like my go to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two thousand calories. So what was your what was your first job? Um, paper route. Yeah. Yeah. And I, then, I mean after in, so, in high school. Um after that it was <clears throat> I was working with your dad, I was, I, you know, I was, I was hanging out at certain, you know, again, we grew up and hanging out at the surf shops, you know, and at that time, surf and sport was anticipating opening up Main Street, like it was happening, you know, the building was getting, you know, built, they were getting, they locked in. So, Chris signs at that time, the 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 GM and, and AKA Hage Hagesan, he lived literally like right around the corner from me. Yeah. And they didn't have a warehouse, so Seabri- his Seabridge, Seabridge, yeah. So his garage became like that warehouse. extra warehouse. Um, and I don't even recall. I guess I wasn't old enough to really have a, a, a full time, like you know, not a full time, but a, a paid job. You know, I think I was still underage. Yeah. And I would go there at night and tag product, take it out, invoice, circle, you know, kind of count, make sure everything was there. Yeah. You know, price tag everything. And uh, re, you know, rebox it up, and yeah. and and, and I, I did that for a, it seemed like a lot. You yeah, know? I think that's where we first met because it was a a great gig. I didn't have to like I'd go surf in the morning for school. I'd surf after school, get work done, and and I would go over there from like six to nine or yeah. seven to ten or whatever at night, and just tag I think products. that's where we first met is in their garage tagging tagging product in Probably. the garage. Yeah, and. Uh, and I just remember, so that was, uh, yeah, that was my first kind of real job of, of le- at least learning something different than, you know, paper route and wasn't really working at a, a full, you know, capacity, like, yeah. you know, workers permit or anything. Yeah. And that was, re- it was, I mean, again, it was under the table, you know, cash. This is a uh, <laughs> pass. <laughs> yeah. Statue of limitations. Statue, yeah. Um, but that was cool just because, you know, to learn a little bit of different side of the business, you know, at an early age, I wasn't really kind of, you know, knowing. Yeah. They just told me the task and it was pretty remedial and easy. But then, yeah. you know, you start learning about prices and what that costs and, you know, shipping, you know, you would see it all. Yeah. And uh, that was cool. And then um, when I turned 16, which was my end of my freshman year, I turned 16 and there was a job posting at the McDonald's right around the corner. <laughs> and uh, I get flack for this all the time. And, it, you know, I went in there and I'm like, so if I get a job here, do you guys, you know, give, do I get free food? You know, it was all about like survival and food. And yeah, yeah I was eating like a freaking horse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so and going back, <clears throat> your, your parents divorced, right? And you live with your dad. Yeah. With Tone Lar. Yeah. And Tone Lar. He, he's minimalist. A, he's a minimalist, <laughs> and didn't he just like kind of let you guys fend for yourselves? Yeah, I mean, he would. You know, again, he would. He'd work, and we're two boys, and you know, I don't know. Maybe it was just. You, you would easy. eat like a lot. I would eat You're a lot. Pig. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I was. You, you would eat a whole small cow. stature, big appetite, and yeah. you know, we would. We would eat a lot, and. Um, Wouldn't your dad give you like twenty bucks for the week? And you and Kevlar would go shopping and buy government cheese. I don't know <laughs> the government cheese, but he would, you know, he would give us money to go shop for, you know, 
food and like lunches and, and breakfast and everything. And then yeah. he would, you know, he, he, he was a good cook. Like, you know, we did a lot of meat and chicken and fish and, you know, baked and, uh, not baked, but like, you know, uh, broiled and, you know, uh, barbecued and like he had, he, we didn't starve, you know, yeah. it was just, you know, not, nothing was really planned. Like, a, you know, like a family, like yeah. mom had it, like, we're going to eat this, this, and this, these nights, like dad, yeah. what's for dinner food? What kind of food? Good food. What kind yeah. of food you eat? You know, it was like, we couldn't get anything out of them. Like, you know, but yeah. yeah so survival on food. And again, I just thought the idea of McDonald's, like free food. What? Like for yeah. sure. Sign me up. And back then McDonald's was really good. Really good. Yeah. And it was, uh, one of the, managers he was like a senior because i i saw him on campus like i recognized the face when i went in went in there and I, you know you just fill out an application and i remember they give you pants a belt and a shirt and a hat or a visor you know and you pay, you have to pay for it like you know you have to pay for the the, the, the uniform the uniform how weird yeah like they're not gonna give it to you so i i, I turned uh, july 20th and i worked um, and I, you know, had shifts and everybody wanted, I mean, you could, you will know, have to get some guys on the, on, on the podcast that could talk about this. And, you know, my friend, Maddie Moick, biggest shit kid ever. We come in, the cheapest item was 49 cents and it was either a cheese or uh, not even a cheeseburger, a hamburger, or it was like a small fry or like, um, it was a soft serve cone. And he would come with 49 cents in Pennies. Pennies, quarters, not even nickels. Like, yeah, like just shrapnel. You dump it in there and you count it all slow <laughs> on the thing, holding up the line. And what then... A, here, what, what's a dick? Always a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so we would we would put it in a to-go bag and I'd grab a big one and I'd put his fry in there and I'd give it to him. And then he would open it up and he's all, sir, excuse me, sir, you, you, you forgot my apple pie. <laughs> sir. Sir, you forgot my cheeseburger. So I go grab the stuff, throw it in the bag, and he'll go sit down. I'm like, oh man, like, did he do this a lot? Yes. <laughs> and Pete Rocky and Craig Etchigoin would come in, and like, same thing. Like, I remember they coming in, and like, another friends, just to like laugh. Look at this guy behind the counter. Yeah. Because I went straight to the cashier. You know, like they learned how to how to, you know how to do the the punch button. I didn't. You know, I wasn't doing anything else. So you did, you were tagging product HSS in a garage. Yeah. And then before you did McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I was genuinely like. Psyched on the I, job? Yeah. I wasn't just doing it to go like, oh, you know, to get found food. free food and, you know, make some money. Like, you yeah. know, I was thinking like, man, I could eat before my shift and two hours in, you get 15 minute break. And, you know, I was like, wow, I could get like three meals out of each shift, yeah. you know? And what was minimum wage back then? <laughs> I think it was 385. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so going back to when I couldn't remember about going to Florida for that, it was that summer. So I was my freshman going into sophomore year that summer. I'm working at McDonald's and they had me scheduled like, you know, I was working, you know, Quite a bit. The contest... Three, four days a week? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And... But, you know, you pick... I picked later shifts and, you know, yeah. I was trying to, you know, it's open late or whatever. But you can't, you know, it's hard to get whatever shifts you want. So this... And uh, I wasn't even going to say it was a U.S. Championships was in Florida and it was like end of August or something like that. So I couldn't get like... 
my shifts covered. Like the, the manager's like, hey, you know, they don't like to change the shifts. Like you're kind of like, here's your shifts. It's kind of set every week. Yeah. And, and you're responsible to fill them if you can't make it you got to get somebody else to cover it yeah they're like hey you're on that's when you work you know if you switch with somebody cool you know get somebody to take your shift cool and i remember not being able to cover like the whole like trip i was going to florida and i i was really kind of stressing i was kind of bummed i'm like hey like i got three days but i got these other days i can't like can you guys help me out be flexible and the manager was just like sorry bro if you don't show up, then you just don't plan on coming back. Ooh. You know, it's kind of like pretty business, like yeah. cutthroat. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm surfing in this. I'll come back. And, now, the, and they there, didn't care. Was there other dudes, your friends working with you? Or no. Just, nobody. What a you trip. kidding me? Nobody wanted to go do that. Yeah, no one wants to work at McDonald's. Yeah. And, Even back then, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't, you know, like I said, I, I don't know. I didn't know any difference. I didn't want, I, I don't know. So, so, so shortly after that, um, I went to do that contest. We, my dad chaperoned me and Danny. We go surf Florida. Super he lost small. first round, right? First round. <laughs> and I'm like, first heat. First heat, first round clown. And I'm, I'm super confident. Like, I'm doing well. Like, I'm coming in, like, expecting the, like, final for sure. Yeah. You know? I'm like, whatever. I got this. <laughs> That's so funny. So, so I don't know if people know what, what like weather's like in Florida and shit, but it's like beautiful sunny day, calm winds, turquoise water. It's small. It's really small. Yeah, like gutless, it's gutless, and it's like whatever. And how many boards did you bring? I think just one. <laughs> yeah, I think we all, you know, we just put it in one board bag, you know. Yeah. And and you're riding the sockus. Yeah, and I, I look, you know, I'm on the beach, you know, my heat's finally coming up, and I can't recall, like, midday or something like that, and I'm, I have my jersey on, like, you know, you get it before the, the other heat, and, like, you're looking down the coast, and there's this, this big black gray blob of, like, like hurricane-looking, like, huh. so it goes from, like, just beautiful turquoise, like, sunny day to... Three, two, one, and this like front moves in, and now it's like complete chaos. Like side chop, super windy, like onshore swirls, and no waves. And I just, I, I freaking lose. I come in 15 minutes later, like it passes, and then like guys go back out, and it's all clean again. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so you lost your first heat. Yeah. And what was your dad's reaction? I don't even, I don't even remember. I was so. Just devastated, yeah. you know? And I felt bad for my dad because, you know, like, he took the time that week off and, you know, went there and, you know, we're expecting... How did Horgan do? He didn't do well either. Did he make it out of one heat, though? I don't recall. <laughs> Probably not. Horgan, let us know. Yeah. He could, He could. yeah. It, I mean, overall, it was devastating for sure you know because that's what you work up all year it's yeah. like the nationals and u.s championships and you're 16 17 15 15 yeah okay 15 oh i just turned 16 yeah so i yeah i turned 16 just a few you know weeks before and um you know that's kind of like an accolade like yeah that's your you know that's a yeah you know bump and was that your first u.s championship no, um, the year before, so it rotates. It goes uh, like California, Texas, Texas, Florida, whatever, yeah. Hawaii. Um, I think they rotate it every few years. The year before was at Oceanside, and I got fourth. And I think that was the 
that was the post you did last week with okay. the U.S. Federation. I think yeah. it was, you know, U.S. Federation Championships. And uh, I got fourth. I don't even remember who won. I remember Shea Lopez, I think, won, to be honest. Or he beat me, for sure. Um, but they did televise, if you made the like the finals, they did televise that event. Wow. Yeah, which was cool. Um, footage is somewhere. I think I got, like, a one turn or a... Uh, Okay. That was the year before. Yeah, I think okay. there's a like a I have a clip of maybe one wave or a couple turns, you know, like within a montage of like clips, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, those are kind of you know that, that was a reset for sure, you know, like yeah. doing doing the uh, contest and, and losing. But you know, it's like whatever. At that time, you know, that photo free surf thing was not even in like an existence. It was just straight. Okay, I'm in. You know, I'm I'm in. Min, you know, men's. Yeah this next year, which is open, it's, you know, 16 and up. And I think I came back and I won the first event and it was at Imperial Beach, wow. which was like a two star. So they're all one stars. And I think they did two double points in a couple of the events throughout the year. And I won the first one at Imperial Beach. Yeah. Were the waves good? It was pretty contestable. Um, not big, but, you know, a little, I think, you know, shoulder, waist high, and, you know, whatever. But I remember uh, Pat Moss, who was just known for being a just a thug, you know, that's just aggressive and mean and whatever. Pat Moss. Pat Moss. And he he was dominated. He was one of the guys that just was in the finals almost every event or close to and stuff. And I just remember it could have been the semis or final. You ever get into it with him? Pretty close. So like... <laughs> He, you know, again, you don't know positioning in the, in the heats, like how you're doing. You know, you know, you got one good wave or two, you know, you don't, they weren't, it's not like you got the time and the, yeah. and the heat scores and priority or whatever. Yeah. It's pretty 15 scrappy. minute heats. Uh, the opens were 20. Okay. Um, but I just remember this instance where I'm in position and I could go either way, you yeah. know, but it's like I'm going left and he's trying to like, he's trying to force you know, me to go right or just like he was going to try to go interference and I just bulldogged him out and that ended up being the factor. So he, he was just huffing and puffing and so pissed. <laughs> like just, yeah, I mean, because most often other guys would have probably, you know, pulled folded. back or folded yeah. or, you know, yeah. pretty intimidating. Yeah. But, you know, anyways, that was just funny. You Are know, you guys re- talking shit to each other? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? What, what would you say? You know? I got like, this fucker. Yeah, you know, I just, I don't know so much on the, as you're paddling for the way, but, you know, knowing you got a good score and coming back yeah. out and like splashing each other and stuff. Yeah. And just be like, I fucking got you this time, buddy. You know, yeah. or just, yeah, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Wish you had it, huh? Like just who would, I don't know, but just thinking of what you would say. Yeah. Just kind of a little jab. <laughs> and you guys both rode for Quicksilver, right? Yeah. And, uh, and we ended up being good friends. Like uh, a year or two later, we were, you know, were in Hawaii together and we did a couple, another Quicksilver trip and stuff. And yeah. and that was what's cool about being on a on a team like Quicksilver, you know, like, you know, we, we talked about doing those Newport um, workouts. workouts in the summer on Tuesdays and uh they did a great job of, you know, connecting us with other Quicksilver athletes, you know, um, up and Hawaii down the coast. Or, like, hey, yeah, are you going to Hawaii or, yeah. or up to Santa Cruz? Like, 
here's our two team riders up there. Call you know, yeah. Like, get a hold of them. So uh, I posted that one video above and beyond by Tony Roberts. Yeah. And that was the same trip as the Cheap and Deep, right? It was, yes. And like you said, it was Pat Moss. Pat Moss. Doug Silva. Doug Silva. Josh Mulcoy. Yep, Julian Sagan. Yeah. Myself. What? How old were you on that trip? Is that high school? That was... Fuck. I don't know. I might have been senior year... You know? Yeah. Might have been senior year or the year after. I don't I don't know. I'd have to look back on the dates. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So I graduated in ninety three. It could have been ninety three or ninety four. Right? Right right there. Yeah. Maybe a year after. You hadn't turned pro yet though, right? I, I think it was like I think it was right when I the right when we you know graduated in ninety three. You know? Yeah. That summer or spring. I don't know. I don't I'm now, not really bad at like that. What what was your first major surf trip? Um, so we, um, I mean, with my family, we did Hawaii a few times, you know, we did a, um, summer and we've done a spring, like spring trip, you know, with my parents and then one with my mom on the, on the North shore. And what was funny is, you know, we went, me and my brother and my mom, my parents were separated. My mom was taking us and it could have been spring break or maybe whatever. We were staying at Turtle Bay. And this is so freaking classic. And we're at uh, the, the sushi restaurant inside the Turtle Bay Resort, you know. And we're just like a couple of California surf turkeys, blonde hair, all browns. You know, like my mom, you know, good looking lady. She's there with us, just two kids. Our waiter, rest in peace, Larry Haynes, the oh, famous wow. water photographer. Yeah. Um, icon. He was working there and he starts like, yeah, I'm a photographer and for like this match I could, you know, do a day and shoot your boys or whatever. And he was totally like trying to hit on my mom and, <laughs> you know, but I, I remember him clear as day. Like, you know, I'm this photographer and I, I recognize his face and then years later in hindsight, I'm back on the North Shore and, you know, um, you know, did a ton of work with him, you know, yeah, over the years. Fluid vision. Yeah. Right? And, uh, but that was funny. I remember that. And we got some waves um that that year and i remember the year after i think my brother and locka burgess they went you know and that was that was everything like hawaii was kind of like everything we've done mex trips and stuff but like hawaii was like just you know you you read about it you saw in the pit you know magazines movie everything and i remember my brother how how old were you when you first went so i think the first year we went i was like maybe eight, nine, or ten, I was boogie boarding right before I started surfing. I went okay. there, I took a boogie board there. But that trip? Out the, that was the South Shore. Then we went uh, again. When you met Larry Haynes? Yeah, we went back again with Larry Haynes, and we did we did a couple summer trips, and we did like kind of more of a spring or like, you know, a North Shore trip. And uh, I remember my brother going, you know, one winter, and, you know, he's, you know, got big, big guns and stuff, like big boards. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, you surf pipe and stuff. And, you know, so you, you, you knew all the spots. You knew what was up. And I, we ended up going back my first solo trip without parents. Um, I went with, you know, the D-Baugh, Jeff D-Baugh and like John Moyer, the uh, Zimmerman brothers. And there was a handful of other um, other guys. And we went like spring break and scored killer waves. 
Was that with the high school? Or was it? No, just, it was just uh, us. Like you know, let's just like you know, charge it, charge it. You know, and well, we, where'd you stay on the North Shore? Yeah, at the uh, Keiki Condo, or you know, the Keiki Beach, where they have the like little I don't know what you call them, little houses there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was rad, and we scored, and that's when I remember like Dawn patrolling, like backdoor pipe, and you know, off the wall area, and Jack Johnson would paddle out before like school. You know, like he was not on spring break or I don't know what what time we went. But I just remember him going out. Benji's house was there because Malloy's and Greg Browning and Taylor Steele. So you're still in high school? Yeah, this is early. This is like like sophomore, junior year probably, you know. And you hadn't met these guys yet. I I, I knew the Malloy's and I knew Greg Browning. Jack, you know, because he was a quick server guy, briefly like, you know mutual introductions and stuff but like i didn't know benji because he was living over there but i knew greg and i knew the malloy brothers and um they were filming on the beach like the malloys and those guys had had like the the first canon i don't know what camera i just remember it was the first one outside of that big thing yeah and, um, and they were filming and we had uh we had dave uh guy filming us and we uh we got some good ones i remember not knowing you know there wasn't nobody in the lineup really it was you know spring early morning and jack like a good one backdoor wave came in and he he like told me to go and yeah you go you know and somebody tells you yeah, go like yeah. just psychs you up anyways yeah but i remember him giving me a really good wave um that morning and i was just like you know so stoked not that he it? just gave me yeah i did for sure like did you get pitted got pitted for sure Get but, spat out of another one? Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was, you know, going that time of year, there was not really many crowds and we got tons of waves. And it was Isn't just, it a trip that, I don't know if that happens anymore, right? Because yeah. everyone knows, a lot of people know that a lot of people leave during spring, but then now people know about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, there's not really forecasts or, you know, like the, the yeah. surf line and stuff. And, you know, it was not as consistent, but, you, you know, like killer waves yeah you know i remember like ronnie burns one day it was straight west swell you know other days it's kind of combo and i just remember like what a real west swell looked like at pipe being out there and i'm talking like i mean solid eight ten foot like pipe and and you're out there it, we didn't know any different we're paddling out the sandbar aokai and then we're freaking paddling over and we're just like just it was like a point break left it was like just these guys are taking off like bombing deep and just Huge Marvin Foster, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, God, there's another, another Hawaiian goofy foot, and Ronnie Burns for sure. These guys were just getting these like incredible. I don't think we we're going for sets really. I think it took us a while to kind of like yeah get some. I, I John Moyer, Mike or uh, John John Moyer, John Zimmerman were charging for sure. Like we all got waves, you know. But wow, like, I remember. We were reviewing like some footage and like John Moyer, I think he just like pearled on one. It's like just massive like wave. Yeah, it was fun. Like we got waves. So you, you're talking proper Hawaiian yeah. pipeline. Yeah, and I think I'll have to dig up. We have footage of it. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to find it, please, if I could find it. Um, but yeah, so other, other than that, like being part of the high school surf team, um, Andy Verdone did this partnership with the Australia um, uh, Board Riders Clubs there. And he, we took a team. So I was, I think I was a freshman 
that year. And Deffenbaugh, Barry Deffenbaugh was a senior. Jeff was, anyways. And they took our, you know, 12 surfers. Maybe there was a few more. Maybe there was like 15 of us. And we did a three-week Australia trip in summer in July. Wow. Which was their winter. But we went and we had chaperone setups and we traveled from south of Sydney, Wollongong, all the way up to Brisbane and to the, you know, uh, Sunshine Coast. And every three days, you know, we're stopping at a different town and competing against their board riders club, you know. Yeah. Um, and we're staying at, you know, uh, people's houses, yeah. you know, and or What a campgrounds. great experience, you know, on top of going to high school, you know, the high school brings you to Australia. Yeah. And... I mean, even so going back to meeting friends uh, on the NSSA level that were, you know, up and down the yeah, coast. Yeah, you mean international. Now we're, now we're meeting like staying, I think Maddie stayed at Danny Wills' house, you know, or I, I don't even know. So Sasha Stalker um, mm. and uh, um, God, I'm drawing so many blanks on names because it's so long ago, but I, all the best surfers and our you know, noodles, Nathan Webster, um, gosh, I'm it's just, gotta be. I, I'd have to look back at like who you know, but the best surfers in Australia in our age group, which was probably fifteen to like you know eighteen, yeah, or fourteen, eighteen, whatever. We were you know we were staying and competing against all those guys you know up and down the coast, and you would you know, see these guys in the magazines too. Not at that time; they're no. just groms like us. Okay, you know, like the best talent. They're winning their you know their own stuff over there. Yeah, but, you know when you you know fast forward and when we you know we'll talk later when we got on the QS, then you start seeing all those guys. Yeah, and we were pin pals to an extent, and like you know we right you know every once in a while because that's what you did. You yeah. know, like you didn't pick up the phone because it was just like. Too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And the times, and we just, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. But I remember doing some, like, you know, some follow-ups, and we'd stay at random, you know, community, you know, people that were part of the, you know, surf families and stuff. Yeah. And we so, partied there. We partied, I remember, because they were, like, 18, and, you know, we, we were strictly told not to drink, and, you know, of course, everybody How old did. were you when you first had your first drink? I think it was, like, that that summer, I was 15 going on 16. Wow. Yeah. And I know not partying, but like you know, yeah, the older guys would slip us some beers and stuff. And uh, but that's the first time you had not in Australia, but I think I had some you know a couple beers at home. But I don't you know we didn't really party even there. The older guys did, yeah, but us younger guys didn't really party. What about you know? weed? Um, no, like junior high, I remember like we had a a couple friends' houses where it was there, you know, like yeah. dad had it like stashed in like a shoe box and stuff. And, you know, we St steal dad's stash. Yeah. Some, some dads that, you know, that was loose back then, but yeah, we tried it like, but it wasn't that thing where it was like, I don't know. It just was not as, it wasn't cool, but it wasn't like something that where you, you got the feeling where like, that was awesome. We'll do it more, you yeah. know, kind of almost a turn off that early. Yeah. You know? So I didn't, I didn't smoke till after high school. Like I didn't, you know, like where other people got into it, you in know, high in, in high school later, I kind of like, oh, I already did that. I wasn't really feeling it. And again, I was trying to be the clean cut surfer and not that I didn't party. Cause I mean, we had, um, plenty of times where, you know, we had football games and basketball games and, you know, we're partying our junior and senior year. You yeah. Know, slipping yeah. some bears and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Australia trip was in, insane with, uh, with the surf team and, and just, you know, surfing all those different types of waves up and down the coast. And, 
you know, years later, you're going back to just spots where there's contests. And I'm like, oh, man, I surfed Angary and I surfed Linux Heads and I surfed, you know, Crescent Bay and, you know, uh, um, Byron Bay and, you know, all these Boomerang Beach and, yeah. you know, like just everything, you know, the Australian pipeline, you know, they call it Black Rock. I think it was Black Rock and it was on like a um, an indigenous like uh, like reservation and stuff mm-hmm. is like a preserved park, you know, mm-hmm. but it was like, yeah, I mean the, the waves you would see in like mad, mad wax, mad wax yeah. and stuff. And, yeah. But it was cool. I mean, that was a great experience. Um, so do you remember like was surf surf videos a big part of, of you, you and your crew, ugh, crew and magazines? Like yeah, again, that early age, there, there wasn't the, the Taylor Steele movies, you yeah. know, really, there wasn't, you know, it was mostly the the big brand movies or, you know, somebody's putting out like a like a film theater film, you know. Yeah. So we watched a lot of that. And then, of course, Hot, 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 Summer, Summer Nights. Nights. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, somebody would, you know, pre, you know, put the timer on their VCR and yeah. try to record and, and watch those. Yeah. Because what was the year Tom Curran won everything? Like 90. Yeah, I think 90, Yeah. When he came back and just dominated went through the trials. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, we were able to watch the majority of all those contests, like, pretty in, in depth. Like, yeah. they, they filmed, a, you know, a lot. And yeah. we got to watch all of that. And so, um, and the OP Pro, of course, growing up, you know, we didn't really speak on that, you yeah. know, but like. We got we got to cut this off pretty soon here. I got to get on the road and okay. mosey up to. So, wow, we're not even going to get through high school. No, um, but let's finish. Yeah. Finished through high school. So you're you're working at McDonald's. You went on that trip. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get fired? Got fired. <laughs> well, I didn't get fired. I just didn't show up. I'm yeah. like, they knew. I'm like, hey, you're not, you know, there's not going to be a job here if you didn't. But what was classic about that McDonald's gig is, you know, I get back in September and I'm like, I'm freaking keeping my outfit. You know, I'm going to wear this for Halloween. I was already thinking Halloween. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be freaking McDonald's like, you know, <laughs> employee for Halloween. And I remember getting my my check and it was supposed to, you know, be like 160 bucks. And it was for like, they took it out. Of it was like check. 40 bucks. And I'm like, where's my, where's my money? You know? Yeah. And it was like. Your uniform, The bro. uniform costs, yeah, they, they, you know, because I didn't return it. So I ended up going back and, and returning it because I'm like, dude, I don't want to. And it was like 100, 110 bucks or Holy something. Holy shit, it out expensive. For, for pants, a belt, a polo. That's and a, so and a, and lame, a right? Yeah. And Screw McDonald's. So, so I, I, of course, I'm like, you know, I don't, that's really expensive <clears throat> at the time. So I ended up giving, giving it back and getting my money, you yeah. know. So... And then right then I like is when Servant Sport was opening Main Street and they're looking for bodies, you know, because yeah. it was a huge shop and that's when I went and got a shop uh, job at Servant Sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're gonna end it here pretty soon, but throughout your years at Huntington Beach High School, yeah, you guys won the the high school contest. Yeah. Is it NSSA Nationals? Yeah, they did. Uh, they did Nationals. It would kind of high rotated school? high school. Yeah, there yeah. was a, and they did college and stuff. And um, but every year you guys won, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I. And, I mean, I don't hold me to it. But, you know, you know, some of you might have facts. You know, yeah. but I, I remember we were pretty much dominant. And then, uh, there. Um, 
Were you MVP? Yeah. What was your team captain? Yeah, most valuable MVP for sure. I was uh, team captain uh, my, my later years. And I remember... And that's kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. Being named the captain of the team. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I remember, you know, when... I don't know where they were holding all of them. It could have been Oceanside, Huntington, and then we are at Lowers. And I remember in the high school finals, I ended up like getting an, a paddling interference like you know it's a peak and you know we're just as aggressive and I ended up having like a 10 and then I, I think they either scored half a wave you know or yeah. or got rid of or got wave. rid of a, a, one of the waves or whatever I ended up getting second and I was so bummed you know because I had like I easily should have won it you yeah. know but it was like yeah I got a little I don't know in a tussle out there because of peak interference and whatever. Yeah. But, you know. So. But the high school years were good, man. You know. Worked at Service Sport all four years. And. How great was working at HSS? And I worked four to nine. Or the weekends four to ten. Yeah. You know. So I didn't have a lot of. Uh, now did you break your ankle in high school or was that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean there was a few different setbacks. I remember breaking my arm snowboarding. My freshman year, probably, which wasn't that big of a deal because I got a, a waterproof cast and it was during, you know, during the winter's good waves. And I remember having to go back a couple different times to get the cast because it wasn't drying out. They instead of putting cotton, they put foam kind of on the inside and it was just itchy, stinky because yeah. it was, you know, it was just bad. But um, yeah, so that, that happened, but it was not that big of a deal. And then it was my, Going that summer, going into my senior year is when, um, yeah, I broke my ankle. And I mean, when I did it, it didn't feel like much of a thing. I remember hearing, feeling something snap, did a front side kind of air closeout move on a barrel, and the, the you know, explosion like just hit my board right. My foot, you know, kind of bent it under, and I snapped off the tip of my fibula. Tibula, whatever's the outside bone. There's two, yeah, two in chin bones. Ankle. Yeah, like it has yeah. a it has a two two little knuckles, and it fits inside your your ankle. So the the shin that that knuckle I, I broke off. Oh, and at the time I was like, I you know I knew something. I wasn't wearing a leash. My board went in. Like my buddy Maddie Moak was like, Hey, what are you doing? Like I'm just floating in. I'm like, Hey, I need help at the beach. I broke my my foot or something like that and he's like yeah right and I'm like yeah seriously I'm like so I hobble up lifeguards come they give me a ride in my car and then I I go home and I call my dad and my dad had you know an orthopedic just up off a of beach and we went there and x-rays I was just thinking getting a you know boot cast holds up the x-rays and I'm not really paying attention and then like you know he comes looks at the x-ray and he's like okay um I got an opening at like <coughs> You know, this is like a morning surf session. It's like 10 in the morning right now, maybe. And he's like, yeah, I got an opening at, at 2. And we could get you into surgery at like, you know, like 3-ish, you know. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, surgery. Yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he like shows my dad. He's like, okay, see this? You know, he broke the tip off. I have to put some screws in and put it back in. And I was just kind of like, no. What? I'm like, what? You know? And he's all there. You know, hey, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's about the same, you know, uh, cast time and everything. I, I remember going in the in the back, like waiting, and I, I, I you know, your endorphins, whatever, is like no pain. I was like, oh, this is like whatever. 
and about two hours, three hours later, after like, you know. It all wears off. All wears off. Not even my, my foot hurt, like my whole leg up to my, my, my hip. Ugh. And I was like, my hip, my whole leg was like just throbbing like a freaking, you know, you know, like somebody's, it just hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, I grabbed, you know, Maddie was like hanging out, my buddy Maddie at the time. And I, I grab him, like, and I'm all, cause they left us in a room. Nobody was coming in, checking on us. They knew, you know, I'm like, dude, you gotta, I, I need a shot. You know, <laughs> I was so mad as, cause they, they were supposed to come in and we didn't see anybody for a while. Yeah. And finally somebody came and gave me a shot and I was, I was fine. But, um, yeah, I mean, bummer with the surgery, you know, like having to go get surgery, but, um, the recovery wasn't too bad, but I did miss the U.S. championships that summer, which was going to be in Texas, and that was my chance to get on the U.S. team to go compete. Um, I don't know if it was Europe or Australia. There was a, you know, there's that senior year? That was going in my senior year, yeah. yeah. And they were going to, um, you know, you had to be, you know, they're going to, there was like two or three events, and they took the collective top, you know, yeah. X amount of guys. And I already had some good results in that Texas one was like my the last of like the two or three events to keep it. And I wasn't able to compete. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's not going to work out. So then I was just thinking of, you know, turning pro like pretty, you know, it's like, what's yeah. the point? You know, I was holding off to do that. And um, and I think my junior year, I may have surfed a couple of pro, you know, Bud Tour pro-ams locally. I think one, it, it was a Bolsa Chica... And then it's then, a trip they used to have a, a, a PSAA yeah. and at um, Newport then, too, right? And River then the Virginia? other one, yeah, Brookhurst? Uh, I did that one. So then I think I did a couple. And then my senior year, um, I did I did quite a few. I did the, the California ones. and um, California. Like the Bud Tour California ones. Okay. I didn't go do the, I think there was a. Well, they always East had an East Coast that rotated from yeah. like somewhere, whether yeah. it was Puerto Rico or Florida or, or Virginia or yeah. somewhere. And then they had a, a one Hawaii or two. Anyway, so um, I had a good, you know, just, you know, my amateur career was not like some of the guys where they just were dominating, but I was in in the mix. But uh, as far as, you know, making a lot of finals, winning ones here and there, you know, and again, when like the nationals or <clears throat> championships, it's, you know, if I made the final, I was always in like, you know, just never really had those like winning moments at, yeah. in, the, in the amateur career. But, uh, you know, Quicksilver was a big supporter, you know, of just, you know, building that California kid and improving yourself here. And so they're like, yeah, you want to do all the, you know, whatever contests, like they pretty much covered everything, you nice. know, which, which was great. Okay, so let's end it here. Yeah. Now, were you, when you hurt your ankle, you weren't going to get to surf that, whatchamacall? Yeah. The Nationals or whatever it was. When did you start thinking, at what age were you thinking that you were going to be a pro someday? I think around 15, you know. It, I don't think it was at that time. It was, it was more of a dream. Than being like yeah. thinking is like fully happening. Yeah, you know, sixteen. You know, each year, you 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 know, you see the guy you you know above you and and you know the opportunities and and you know I yeah. think I, I I felt like, you know, when you put yourself in the realm of, you know, the NSSAs or high school, you know, I felt for sure I was you know, the best at in my home, 
town by far. You know, like as far as you know who you're surfing with yeah. every day. And I just remember going to like wherever I surfed, I, I wanted to be the best guy out there, you know, and I'm going to other beaches and uh, Quicksilver was again good as far as getting you relationships. Hey, go, you know, meet with Flame at Salt Creek and try to go get some, you know, go show up there, you know, go do this. Like you, you had guidance, you mm -hmm. know, but it wasn't really like you had to. It was just like, hey, go you yeah. know, do this. You had to take the initiative. For sure. They yeah. were giving you suggestions and helping you along the way, but you had to do it yourself. Yeah, and, you know, you would, you go, we'd surf lowers a lot in the summer. I mean, anytime. And, you know, you get a lot of nurse photographers and they, you know, they would be like, hey, Jay, like, you know. Yeah, I like, got some good shots. I got some good shots and they we exchange numbers and, hey, I'm going to send these to, you surfer, know, wave action or surfing. surfer surfing. Yeah. And, you know, so then you go follow up. Yeah. Like, you know, hey. Well, what was your first, like, photo that and not performers i'm talking like whoa you in your mind like the best photo you've gotten up and in, up until that point like what was like the photo that you're like fuck um i'm fucking good <laughs> you know i don't know the way it's timeline but i mean we had that big article spread about us on the surf team double page spread which is you know yeah. with all the surfers and i was young that was probably you know that and performers were probably the first two photos even though that wasn't an action shot of yeah. me but you know at least on the stage of being you know mentioned and yeah. stuff um and then i think um fudge, real surf photos i don't really think they came i know quicksilver so i think double page quicksilver wetsuit ad was probably one of the first like Major, major, yeah, you know, and you're still in high school. There might have been like a, a collage at a, a, a one page, or I might have had a really small like collage shot in yeah. the Quicksilver ad, but it was like Quicksilver was had wetsuits in Australia. They were going to bring them to America, and it was a big thing. And they're only taking like they're picking and hand choosing like who's going to wear them, you yeah. know? Oh, Tom Carroll is part owner in the wetsuits, and you know. Uh, John Gothard was running it, you know, and I had conversations. It was kind of separate from Quicksilver itself. Yeah. Like they had it, they were own office. Yeah, yeah. separate office, separate kind of deal. Yeah. And those guys, you know, like, hey, we want you on the suits. And then that was when I did a Nativity Ad trip with like the first like suits they had. And they gave me a two page spread, which was kind of like, wow. You yeah. Know? Now, like, was that you're still in high school? Yeah. 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 All right. And well, uh, let's end it here. Yeah. Uh, you, you're about to turn pro. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we went back to Australia a second time my senior, you know, uh, maybe it was a junior or senior year. We, uh, so we did two trips to Australia. Um, I did a, a trip to Porto Escondido my junior year, you know, um, on like a Thanksgiving break, you know, with some, some guys. And, you know, we were just hungry to travel and go surf waves. So, you know, in high school, it got definitely kind of used to, you know, bigger waves, and big, bigger waves and, and going to Hawaii, you know, um, yeah. I go sleep on couches over Christmas break and, you know, couch surf and, you know, the dream was there, you know, it's like, and when you're a young up and comer and especially in that teenage years, Hawaii, it was like, ground. you know, how do, how do I, how do I get Hawaii? You know, how do I prove myself there? Not that I was considered a big wave surfer. I mean, we're all pussies that, you know, just trying to build up confidence, you know, to, at least go get some, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, 
it was a yeah some some good trips and good experience through those high school years and we'll we'll talk about like yeah the you know i i glad i stuck in high school and and graduated there was a, a lot of me that wanted to just kind of pull the plug you know going yeah. into my senior year but um verdone talked to the principal and talked to some teachers and worked it out that you know hey i'm gonna ex miss x amount of days and and can we make it work because yeah. i wanted to i wanted to you know both for my my parents but i wanted to hang with my friends and do all the huh. you know dances and, and we'll, graduation we'll have to pick up on that yeah I, I didn't know that you were almost going to quit school yeah i mean i again it was a kind of a not a hard sell with my parents but i think at that time they realized like because you're not talking homeschooling. You're talking like taking your GED. Yeah, I don't even think there was like really homeschool yeah. options back then. And there was, but it was like just, you know, maybe just... Because at that time, like d was already about to qualify on tour. Rob already made the tour. You know, like these guys were off the bud tour and stuff, you yeah. know? So that senior year, I, I did really well on the bud tour for like a rookie. You know, yeah. I had no seating, no nothing and you're making hits. i think that first year i made like a couple semis a couple quarters you mm -hmm. know ma main events you know a handful of ones I, I don't recall exactly but i i was making like you know money you know almost yeah. at every event because you got money if you won Heats and, yeah, yeah 50 or 100 bucks and yeah. then like and so then i had like that was another thing i had like a bunch of money in this savings account that was you know not I could use by reimbursement. I'd yeah. have to show them like, here's a, you know, ticket to, you know, somewhere. Or here's this, you know, entry. And then they, they would cut me a check, yeah. you know? Anyways, but yeah, uh, I, you know, being, you know, Huntington being high school surf team and everything, I, I didn't want to not do it. But yeah. there was like part of me where it's like felt really yeah pulling to go just surf and yeah. travel all day. Totally. You know? <laughs> All right, we're going to cut it off here. Episode two. Oh, uh, this is a with Late Night Lar. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Bonsai Bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. 
surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.